This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Military murder is an independent project and is not endorsed by the Department of Defense or any military component. The views expressed are those of the host. The content of this podcast is not meant to be legal or medical advice. Warning, this episode contains graphic details of murder and is not suitable for young listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, True Crime Army. I am your host, Margot, and this is Military Murder, a show where I focus on crimes committed by military members and veterans. But don't worry, you don't have to know anything about the military to listen, I promise. You just have to be a true crime enthusiast. And if that's you, welcome home. This episode is like no other episode that you will find in the Military Murder catalog of episodes. I usually bring you one story which either I or someone on my team has researched using news articles, archives, court records, books, or even documentaries. Last week, I brought you the first ever Tales from the Trenches episode, aka Listener Tales. Today, I am bringing you something a little different. I am bringing you spooky tales. We've all heard of some spooky occurrences at different bases we have been assigned to, and in this episode, I will be bringing you a few of those stories. Many of these were recommended to me by listeners when I requested spooky tales via social. Also, are you following me on Instagram at Military Murder Podcast? If not, you should be. Anyway, one of the stories today is an actual listener encounter, but the rest of the spooky tales, well, I have info gathered from sources such as hauntedplaces.org, medium.com, and even a West Point newsletter. I'm not much for spooky things because listen, spirits, unlike bad people, cannot be put behind bars. But these spooky tales have been passed on for many years, and today I will share them with you. Join me today as I tell you spooky tales from military bases around the world. Now, let's dig in. But wait, to all the spirits, I come in peace, so don't come at me. The first spooky tale comes from a True Crime Army member. My listener wanted to remain anonymous. Now, this occurred in 2009. And the listener wrote, Back in the day, a group of black civil engineers were killed while working on or near the runway at Dukefield. Now, break, break. I had to look up Dukefield because I had never heard of it. And it's an airfield that supports Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. Okay, back to the story. Since the death of these engineers, It is reported that vehicles and electronics won't work well in certain areas of the runway for some odd reason. This is my experience. I was working the evening shift at my job in the motor pool and got the call to retrieve a cop car that had died near the runway. I was new, so I heard nothing about rumors of Duke Field being haunted. I left one of my airmen in charge and took off in the tow truck. Once I arrived, I made radio contact with their ATC tower and was cleared to retrieve the car. Once I arrived, that's when the fun started. Once I exited my truck, I got blasted by a rush of cold air. Now, this was late May in Northwest Florida. As I began setting up the truck to tow, I heard whispers in the wind. 
more rushes of cold air, and finally I felt a tug on my uniform. After that, I said, y'all can have it. I hopped in my truck and made up a story about how I didn't have the proper equipment to tow the car, all while I was heading directly back to my office. Before I left work, I sent day shift an email about the vehicle on Duke Field. The next day, my supervisor pulled me aside and asked what happened. When I told him, he walked out of the office and said, told you, the ghost got him. That's when everyone walked up to me and told me about their encounters at that very spot on Duke Field. Apparently, the spirits aren't violent, just a mischievous bunch of troops still having fun, end quote. Okay, so when my listener told me the story, this piqued my interest in the men who died there. And what I found was that back on July 12, 1943, 15 enlisted men who happened to be black followed two captains to the Eglin Range. They were investigating why their explosive ordinance hadn't gone off. This was pretty routine, at least that's what was reported. But sadly, during their walkthrough is when an ordinance exploded, killing 17 men and injuring 51 others. It is said that these men who lost their lives led the way and contributed to the construction of most of Eglin's infrastructure. These next couple stories come from Kadena Air Base. In my decade and a half connected to the military, hauntings at Kadena Air Base continue to come up in casual conversations, but only briefly. It wasn't until I started looking into this episode that I got some stories. And it turns out that the people of Kadena are aware of the spooky and they actually lean into it, even going as far as offering haunted tours in the month of October. This first story is about a house House 2283. Apparently, this single-family house on Kadena, building 2283, was demolished in 2009. But boy, does it have quite the stories attached to it. According to reporting in a Medium article, there was an officer who went postal and killed his entire family in this home before killing himself. Later, after this, there was a stepfather who was feeling some sort of way and killed his stepdaughter in this house. And then, allegedly, there was another man who brutally killed his wife, all apparently in this same house. Now, I could not confirm these stories, but if this is true and this will happen in this one house, that is some sh**. Let's just say the house is said to have a bad omen. There must be a spirit or spirits that occupy the home. People have reported seeing and hearing water faucets turning on and off on their own seeing the spirit of a full samurai warrior just gallivanting with his horse right through the house. They've seen the ghost of a woman washing her hair in the sink, the sounds of children laughing, crying, and playing, even when no kids were around. Apparently, there was one room in particular in the home that was freezing cold even in the dead of summer and even without functioning AC. And if that is not spooky enough, there were claims of blood stains on the floor and curtains even after it was empty. In 2002, Stars and Stripes interviewed the former tour director of Kadena's United Services organization. The name of this tour director was Jerry Johnson, and Jerry experienced some of the spooky firsthand. During a tour, he said that as the tour group looked up at the house, curtains randomly opened inside the home, meaning like they parted, and this was enough for the tour to be like, all right, that's a wrap. You don't have to worry about me. You do not need to worry about me. And well, back between 1992 and 1995, 
The author of the book, Ghost of Kadena, held a seance at the house located at Building 2283. The author claimed that while she was there, there was a little girl spirit inside that house. And whatever it was, it was enough to scare the bejesus out of this woman who clearly is into all things spooky. But I guess when you happen upon a ghost, it's just too much to handle. The house was eventually torn down, but when asked why it hadn't been torn down sooner, reporting by a news source called We Are the Mighty reported that whenever they got around to it, the workers demolishing the place complained of headaches, hallucinations, and even suffered more on-the-job injuries than is usual at a job site. But wait, it gets better. Apparently, this house is next to an on-base daycare. I know, that's so weird. And daycare workers have reported that on many occasions, some of the kids have thrown toys over the fence. When asked why they threw the toys, the kids would simply say because the kids on the other side asked them to. The thing is, there were never any other kids on the other side. When I asked for spooky stories, someone mentioned a specific gate at Kadena. Apparently, Gate 3 at Kadena is so scary that there are military personnel that refuse to stand guard there because of the spirits. And apparently, some security footage has caught some spooky crap. Back in 2008, there was video security footage of the gate. There are two personnel guarding the gate and they both cannot believe their eyes. Like, are you seeing this? On the video, a black human-like figure runs from behind one sign to the other. But it's clear that it is not a human because at one point it flies up and onto a fence and then just kind of vanishes. Now listen, I watched the video and it truly is freaky. I mean, that is, if it's real. While at this gate, other crazy things have happened. At one point, someone allegedly saw a bloodied up World War II soldier approaching them and this ghost asked for a light for their cigarette. Hi everyone. For anyone who follows me on Instagram, I recently posted a picture of me with my kiddos at Disney in front of the Disney castle. But I posted it because my shoulders were looking on fire, defined, toned, and overall just pleasant to look at. So many of you asked me in my DMs for my secret. And of course, my secret is 4 a.m. workouts. But I get the oomph to wake up at 4 a.m. and work out from my pre-workout drink called Energy Explosion. My pre-workout powder was created by world-renowned fitness guru Natalia Melofit. I have been following Natalia for many years now. And in fact, after my second C-section, I hired her as my fitness trainer. And she also helped me postpartum with my third C-section as well. So when she came out with a pre-workout supplement that didn't cause any of the jitters and the crashing, I knew I needed to try it. Energy Explosion helps with energy, and it keeps me going all through the morning hours. Because I take it first thing in the morning, which is when I choose to work out, I no longer require that morning cup of joe. This pre-workout has nootropic ingredients, which significantly help me personally with mental clarity and focus. Which, listen, when you're juggling what feels like hundreds of tasks a day, it truly does help. And guess what? My listeners are getting 15% off your order. What? Yes, please. If you're ready to get the pump without the jitters, visit mbodysup.com and enter my code MAMAMARGO at checkout for 15% off your order. That's M as in Mike, body, sup as in Sierra, uniform, papa, papa, dot com. Add energy explosion to your car and use my code MAMA MARGO, that's M-A-M-A-M-A-R-G-O-T, 
for 15% off. Enjoy. And when you use it, please DM me so we can talk about your workouts. Now let's leave Japan and head to New York. This brings us to the West Point Ghost in room 4714 of Scott Barracks. Apparently in 1976, Bleeb Jim O'Connor woke up in the wee hours to go to the bathroom. While he was in the bathroom, weird things started to happen, like the toilet paper started to unroll, the water turned itself on and off, and no, it was not automatic. And then minutes after all of this happened, which I am sure he thought he was imagining in his head, this bleeb saw a ghost. It was a man dressed in an 1823 cavalry uniform, carrying a Civil War musket with bayonet and sitting on the toilet bowl. The figure didn't have eyes, just white glowy balls where the eyes should be. The figure didn't stay long and poor Jim was freaked out. But he didn't want to tell anyone because he was already a first year. He didn't want to bring any further attention to himself. But then another cadet, John Feely, woke up in the middle of the night with this frightful feeling as if someone or something was on his chest. As he groggily opened his eyes from the slumber, there he was, the same 1823-looking eyeless soldier just sitting all of his ghostly weight on the cadet. John tried to get up but couldn't from the weight, but then the figure vanished. And with that, so did the weight on John's chest. Eventually, word got out about the ghost in the 47th Division barracks. And with that, leadership had to get involved. Yup, for anyone that thinks being a leader would be cool, imagine this scenario. Well, as reported by the New York Times, the leaders didn't want to cause any concern, but nonetheless, they did clear the room and place the room off limits. According to an article written in a West Point newsletter in 2012 titled The Gamecock Gazette, the deputy chairman of the honor committee, the superintendent, and another general officer escorted Jean Dixon to attempt to exercise the ghost, meaning she was going to conduct an exorcism. Jean Dixon is a psychic famous for predicting President Kennedy's assassination. Cadet O'Connor recalled eventually hearing that during the attempted exorcism, Dixon was lifted off the ground and thrown out of the room by, presumably, the spirit. After that, she got the hell out of Dodge. Years later, O'Connor told others that the media never got a hold of him because he and his roommate, who also experienced sightings with the ghost, were never allowed to be interviewed by the media. Super shady, huh? I guess some things never change. Apparently, the room was converted into a study room and no one slept in that room ever again. The mystery remains. Were the cadets seeing an actual ghost? Or was it all just in their imagination? Apparently, Langley Fort Eustis has a few reported ghost stories. Let's start with Building 90, one of the oldest buildings on the base. Word on the street is that it has a resident ghost, a young girl named Natalie. She lives in the same building where the 633rd Contracting Squadron is located, and some folks have had encounters with Natalie. Back in the late 90s, a first lieutenant recalled being on the second floor alone when she began hearing a child's laughter down the hall. The lieutenant looked and no one was there. She had probably heard of Natalie before, so the lieutenant simply asked Natalie to play somewhere else. Then the lieutenant packed her sh and left. She reportedly told the base newspaper, quote, The hairs on my back and neck were at attention. I've not been back in the building by myself since. 
even though I believe Natalie is just looking for someone to play with, I'm not ready to have proof that ghosts exist, end quote. Well, in 2010, something else happened. A flight chief was working alone late one night when she heard noises in the stairwell. She went to investigate and she saw some smoke just kind of hovering. As she got closer, the smoke formed into a figure and started to come at her. The flight chief froze for a second, but then hightailed it back to her office, shouting that she was leaving. And when she turned around, the figure or apparition, as she called it, was gone. But wait, apparently a ghost lives in the building across from Building 90 and that building houses the dental squadron. That spirit is a little girl named Katie, which is cray because if Natalie and Katie just need someone to play with, why not play with each other? Anyway, in the dental squadron, people have experienced noises and shadows, but one dental tech supervisor saw something that was really spooky. So this supervisor went into the bathroom and he saw a man standing in the restroom. The man was motionless and silent with his back to the door. The supervisor used the restroom and then when he returned, the man was still there. Then as the supervisor went to wash his hand, the man vanished. The automatic water faucet he had been standing in front of never activated and the door never opened. Apparently, that wasn't the first sighting of this male ghost. Because in an article written back in 1999, another dental squadron airman saw him. But wait, apparently the ACC Public Affairs Building, Caseta Hall, is also haunted. Let me find out. Now, this building has a violent past, allegedly, including in the fall of 1981 when an officer was murdered in the building by her estranged husband. And before that, legend has it that a young airman hung himself in the building. Well, apparently this building is occupied by other spirits. Before a big renovation, people would hear footsteps in the stairwell when there was no one there. And sometimes they would hear laughter and music coming from absolutely nowhere. Now we're moving to Fort Bliss in Texas. These next stories are taken from the comment section from an article written in hauntedplaces.org. So, I mean, take it for what is worth. These are in the comment section. Building 4 at Fort Bliss is said to have once been used as an isolation ward for sick and dying soldiers, and it is quite infamous. In the hauntedplaces.org website, there is a comment about Building 4, and this is what it says. It's written by GJ, and GJ wrote, quote, I was stationed at Fort Bliss from 1995 to 2000. I worked in the building next to the famous Building 4. A friend of mine had a husband who was an MP, a military police, and although the building had been abandoned, allegedly because of the ghostly activity, he had keys to the building. So me, my girlfriend at the time, the MP, and his wife decided to spend the night there and document what happened. We set up video cameras in a number of areas, including what had been the old morgue for influenza victims. It was very creepy, both in reality and in our imaginations. However, nothing overt happened. And so at about 1230, my girlfriend and I decided to leave. While I was next to my car, just for fun, I yelled, Captain, front and center. And I took a picture of the building with 1000 ASA, now ISO, film. The captain supposedly ran the quarantine station during the flu epidemic and ended up dying from the flu. Well, when I processed the film, there was an image of a man in a dress uniform in the upper west window just staring out at me. He was indeed looking at the camera. 
It was exceptionally creepy. I have the photo somewhere. Anyway, we left and apparently all hell broke loose with voices stomping. The wife of the MP was shoved quite hard down the upper hallway. Some people just don't like getting their photo taken, I guess. End quote. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but it's definitely freaky. Now, this next comment is also about Fort Bliss, but it's about a house on Fort Bliss. And it's written by AC. AC wrote, quote, Growing up, we lived in Fort Bliss while my father was in the military. I was in two homes while there between ages four and nine. Our toys would move in the middle of the night and my mom would wake up yelling, thinking we were playing. My mom would stay up late playing computer games and she heard boots scuffing in the kitchen by the door and thought it was my father, but it was no one. Our springy couch would make loud noises like someone was sitting. We heard our names throughout the years numerous times. At the age of seven, I refused to sleep in my room because an old woman would wake me up staring at me at the edge of the bed and I'd tell her to go away. I didn't get much sunlight in my room, so I would see her sometimes midday. So I stopped sleeping in there. My brother at age three started crying, pointing, saying monster and asked my mom to tell the monster to go away. A lot of activity. I think houses might be torn down now as I'm 22 years old. I'll never forget. Because of those experiences, I still have similar inferences rarely and am a little afraid of the dark, lol. End quote. Now, someone responded to AC's comments, writing that they must have lived in the same house because they had the identical experience. Now, another commenter discussed what they experienced at an on-base house at Fort Bliss, and it appears this story was recent, like August 2020 recent. It read, quote, My husband and I lived on post for almost two years now. We recently moved into the Rio Bravo housing community. Shortly after moving in, we would hear footsteps upstairs, but never thought much of it. My husband then said to me that he thought the house was haunted, so I felt less crazy. A few days ago, the activity picked up a good bit. My almost two-year-old daughter has a gate at her bedroom door to keep her from wandering downstairs at night. My husband woke up Wednesday morning, July 27, 2020, and had checked in on her while my newborn and I were sleeping. He heard her gate being shook ferociously, so he thought she woke up and went to check on her. She was sound asleep and covered up. He came downstairs and before he left, the kitchen sink faucet came on by itself. At around 6 a.m., I heard our downstairs bathroom door close. The night after, my daughter kept looking up above her window and saying, play, clear as day, even though she's never said it before. I ignored it because I don't like to freak myself out. I always feel like I'm being watched as well when I'm here alone. I went on Facebook and saw other people had stories and were asking if anyone else experienced these things. One man said he heard someone walking upstairs and watched this figure walk to his wife's side of the bed, stop, walk to his side of the bed, stop, and then go back down the stairs. So I decided to ask the girl who lived in her house before us if she ever experienced anything. She said she would hear whistling down the hall and that she would think her daughter was calling for her at the top of the stairs but when she would walk to the bottom, no one was there. Then she said that her daughter had a horn when she was very little that they kept on the top shelf of her closet, the room my two-year-old is currently in. She said that she kept the horn there because she didn't want her daughter to climb and get it. But one day, the daughter brought them the horn. When they asked the daughter how she got it, she said, quote, my friend got it for me, end quote. I don't feel any negative energy, more so protective, but it's definitely a very uneasy feeling just because I'm worried it could turn into negative. Last night, I heard our upstairs closets being closed on their own, but never opened. 
not gonna lie, kind of scared to be alone, end quote. Recently, I covered two unsolved cases, which I am sure caused you to pause and analyze your inner detective. Well, if you wanna hone in on that inner detective, then you need to check out June's Journey. June's Journey is a mobile game that you can play anywhere while connected to Wi-Fi. June's Journey takes you through the main character, June's, adventure to uncover family secrets. Her first task is to uncover the mystery of her sister's death. You will be using your keen eye to spot hidden clues in the immersive scenes that take you across the globe. The scene is set in the 1920s, so it's like going back in time. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game, and I love playing while waiting for my kids at the bus stop. It allows me to clear my mind from the tasks of the day and to refocus on my mommy duties. What I love about June's Journey is that not only are you searching for objects, but you can join other players online in a detective club. And then you also get to design this luxurious island estate that is all yours. And if you have friends who play, you can gift each other trees, flowers, and other amazing decorative items. Today, I invite you to escape reality and immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Go ahead, download June's Journey today. This next story is ripped from an army.mil article written by Melissa Bauer back in 2009. The residents of 14 Sumner Place on Leavenworth, Missouri, knew their house was unusual. In fact, before they signed for the house, they were told by the housing office that the house was known to be haunted. The family decided to do a walkthrough and they liked the house. It was well lit and they took it. The house is called The Rookery. When the family of six first moved in, it was the lieutenant colonel, his wife and his four boys. The wife experienced a lot of things just vanishing. For example, her cell phone, the remote control, the video recorder. Then one day, the husband looked in his wife's purse for something, got it, whatever he was looking for, and went about his day. The following day, when he looked in his wife's purse again, everything was there. The remote control, the cell phone, the video recorder, presumably not of his wife's own doing. This house ended up being one of the stops on the haunted walking tour. And the wife said that she experienced things like doors opening and footsteps going up the stairs, lights randomly being turned on alone, sounds of furniture moving across the floor, and whatever spirits lived inside apparently didn't like cats. The family has described times when the cat was led outside when no one was home, and one time when the cat slept on the bed, there was loud banging noises for hours. And this next one is spookiest. Quote, once the wife noticed her large cat Missy at the top of the stairs not moving, as though she were being held down by something. The cat's hair stood on end except for one spot on her back about the size of a hand, end quote. But wait, this next experience at 14 Sumner Place is even crazier. A maintenance worker was scheduled to come to the house. The wife opened the door to the furnace below to grab some cleaning supplies. There was a man's face near the bottom of the stairs and the wife said, oh, hi. The man simply smiled. The next day, the maintenance workers showed up and the wife was like, hey, weren't you already here? And they were like, no. At first, she thought a creepy tourist got in trying to investigate these ghosts. But then one day, as she was looking through some history book called Fort Leavenworth Gateway to the West by J. Patrick Hughes, she recognized the man in her basement. It was Major Edmund Ogden, a quartermaster from the mid-1800s. He, in fact, was a former resident of the house. 
Well, the family has had more experiences in the home, but they believe the ghosts are friendly. And in fact, they seem to be on team mom. Whenever the boys argue with their mom, something of theirs goes missing and appears in the randomest of places, like near the furnace in the basement or under the dining room table. Which, you know, I'm beginning to wonder if this is all the doings of the ghost or if a savvy mom is sneaking around. All right, True Crime Army, I hope you enjoyed this little Halloween special. I mean, I'm definitely freaked out and I do not plan on living on base housing anytime soon, but I don't know if I'm more afraid of the ghost stories or the black mold and asbestos, but that's a story for a different day. (laughs) Yes, I went there. If you are a fan of the show and haven't already, please be sure to leave the show a five-star rating wherever you listen to the show. And don't worry, I'm going back to my regular one-story show format next time. Military Murder was created by Mama Margot Productions, produced by the generous souls who support this show on Patreon and through the Apple Premium subscription. The music was created by TyOps. Until next time, remember, remain vigilant always. You have a fabulous week, and I'll keep digging to bring you a military murder story next time. Mama's working on her podcast. I don't want to.